Is there something specific you want to record in the cold open or? Um, Spoiler know. alert, it's recording right now. I don't know. How's your strawberry donut and champagne? It tastes like Gary Oldman's balls and Dracula. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Question. <laughs> Where's the reference? Well, if you go on IMDb and then you click on Brom Stroker's I thought Dracula. you farted. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look at you and say, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Continue. I was made a joke, and it, it was wasted on you guys <laughs> because I said Brom Stroker. I totally <laughs> heard that. I was like, did she just? <laughs> so if you go and look up Brom Stroker's Dracula, Gary Oldman was also in another version of Brom Stoker's Dracula. It's lesser known work. You click on it, and then you click under Gary Oldman. It says Fluffer to Gary Oldman's balls, and you click on that, and it says me. So, <laughs> and it tastes like strawberry Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> Alrighty then. Just had a lemon cruller. <laughs> I haven't had a single one of those, and I don't know if I want to. Would you like one? Do I want to know what Gary Oldman's balls taste like here? <laughs> Let me take a bite. Okay, are you guys ready? It took a lot of convincing. It's not bad, right? Damn, Gary. <laughs> it tastes like a drier version of those strawberry shortcake ice creams. Mm-hmm. That's exactly say what a drier it like. version of Gary Oldman's balls. <laughs> <laughs> those those ice creams too. They're like those strawberry candies you get at the nail salon. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows where the fuck they come from, but everybody's had one before. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know where to buy those strawberry candies. And can you buy those strawberry bars at the grocery store? Oh, yeah. you can. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> you ruined my whole analogy. <laughs> it's it's all ruined. I think you can also buy the strawberry candies from the grocery store. Isn't well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> if you find your any local grandmother, dude, they've got Werthers. They've got the strawberry candies. Yeah. My mom's got Werthers. She's gonna hear this and curse us. <laughs> Well, your mom is your mom's not a regular mom. She's a cool mom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hi, Dan, the sound guy's mom. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you've listened this far, please stop now. Well, you probably lost her after Gary Oldman's balls. Um, or she took notes. <laughs> For the right price, I'll sell the address. <laughs> Guys, I need to be on this will. <laughs> Just get, for the record, I don't feel like I need to clarify this, but for some reason I feel like I need to clarify this. I've never had Gary Oldman's balls <laughs> in my mouth. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, and he was never in Brum Stroker's Dracula. Thanks, Lindsay. <laughs> What's up, chicks, dicks, and everything in between? I'm Lindsay. And I'm Sapita. And you're listening to Two Salty Broads, so get ready for our spooky salty surprise. I earned that. I've earned it. You earned that. I did. Dan, on the other hand, whatever the hell that was. Hey, whatever. I'm a spicy ginger.
He's a spicy ginger. You're going to hear a lot more of the spicy ginger during today's podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm the spicy ginger to these two salty broads today. He, he has thoughts today. He has lots of thoughts. Once every 37 years it happens, <laughs> or 27 years, like it. I, I was going to say 37, oh. I'm not even 37 yet. <laughs> well, once, like, just like Pennywise. So, I don't know. I guess you had a thought when you were three, and now. <laughs> <laughs> it is time, Daniel. Yes. Yeah. And what do you have thoughts on, Daniel? Horror movies. <laughs> I already hate it. <laughs> Who gave this guy a microphone? Honestly, he Honestly. gave himself the microphone. He gave, yeah. See, the, I did. I bought it. That self-serving <laughs> bitch. <laughs> we're going to take this back for a second. Okay. And we're going to talk about the history of horror and horror films. Um, but why, though? We have, like, what's, what's what, one of the what, million things that unites us? We both like horror, right? We yeah. just pulled us out of nowhere. Uh, I think it pulled out of nowhere within me, and then it pulled out of nowhere within you. And after we got, you know, introduced by our shared saltiness, mm-hmm. I think that's when we then both we realized shared spookiness. Shared spookiness. Now we're different levels of spooky, though. So I am more like dark, uh, like slasher slash like gothic horror. Spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of spooky are you? How do you know we're not the same? You said we're different. So what spooky am Cause, I? Because you're Elvira spooky, man. Dude, camp is pretty cool. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I love Elvira. Love that bitch. She's my hero. Um, I love like Little Shop of Horrors. I I like the mm. the wee happy fun time. No, but you also like the dark and <laughs> I do. I do. I love me a good Just like slasher I like film. The wee ones too. But I love to see. Somebody get put into a sleeping bag and beaten to death. I mean, who doesn't, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's very cathartic. But I've I've been asked a lot about why I like horror movies because I have people in my life. I'm just as I'm sure you do. Yeah. That do not, and they don't understand. And I think horror is interesting because there is a lot of really rich history, right? Yeah, yeah, and it, it's also. Um, Horror has been a medium used for to tell stories of social justice. Mm-hmm. To um, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank now on the word <laughs> to challenge the status quo. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and it's been with this facade of like, oh, it's fake, oh, it's imaginary, but like, really, mm-hmm. we're planting some seeds here. Yeah, I think a good example of that is the LGBTQ community. Like queer horror is a you can look up literally queer horror I think on almost every streaming platform. There it has its own genre. And I feel like a big part of that is like, you know, queer stories weren't being told and so mm-hmm. in the horror realm it's kind of like all bets are off. Maybe they're not talking about specifically being gay, but maybe thematics of being ostracized, being outcast for being who you are, for being different. Mm-hmm. How many times has a character who's bit like Carrie yeah. How uh, she's just a little different and they just ruthlessly drag that girl through the mud. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could use her as like a metaphor for homosexuality or any marginalized person. So I feel like these stories or these experiences that people have that don't get told in mainstream film get told in horror, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to do a... I want to say brief, but I have like two pages of notes on this. So I'm going <laughs> to oh, try to go as quickly as possible <laughs> and just hit some... 
hit, hit some the bullet, high notes. Yeah, hit the high notes. But if you guys are interested in learning more about the history of the horror film genre, there's a ton of great YouTube videos. Um, mm-hmm. Please check them out. And I will recommend the book The Monster Show by David Skull. That guy is a fucking brilliant horror historian. So if you're interested in a good book, that one is really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I can't get into horror films without discussing horror uh, novels and, and writings Hell of yeah. the Victorian era and early uh, 20th century. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is one of the greatest horror masterpieces ever written. It's a hard read, but the story mm-hmm. is chef's kiss, honestly. And that is also, it, it, it tells a societal story, you know? Mm-hmm. Who, who is really the monster? In, in the story, I love that. Yeah, it's true. Um, also, can't can't talk about horror without mentioning Edgar Allan Poe, dude. At of not at all. Like when you're talking about the United States and like a master of horror, Poe. Mm-hmm. Um, films. In terms of films, the first horror film is thought to have been, and I'm sorry, it's a very French name, George Melis, Le Menor de Diabli, which is translated to the House of the Devil. Now, someone who speaks French will probably murder me for my uh, horrific French <laughs> my accent. Horrific yeah. French <laughs> accent. Um, but it was released in 1896, and it's a French short silent film. It tells of an encounter. The ta- it tells the tale of an encounter with the devil and various phantoms. But the purpose of this film was not necessarily to invoke fear within the audience. It was actually for amusement and wonder because they used all of these effects. Oh. Um, so that was in 1896. Now, we're going quite a few years later. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Universal Studios Monsters. I mean, mm. this is what you think of when you think of classic movie monsters, right? Yep. After the success of the Broadway play Dracula, Universal Studios went, you know what? I'm going to buy the rights to this novel. And lo and behold, uh, Bela Lugosi's Dracula would be the first of many monster movies created by Universal. So Mm -hmm. they also did Frankenstein, The Mummy, Creature from the Black Lagoon. The list goes on and on. And they were very popular. And I would argue that they're still very popular to this day. Of course. I mean, how many people dress up as vampires and Frankenstein and all that for Halloween and I mean, those movies, I think, are all streaming on, like, HBO Max right now. Yeah, they I own them. On. Yeah, they're great movies. And Dracula almost didn't get made because the owner of Universal Studios' lot was like, this is too much. I mean, they had made horror films. They had made a bunch of films with Lon Chaney, and mm-hmm. he had died. And they're like, well, we don't we don't have a guy for this. <laughs> and, like, they this is... They have the best guy. Yeah, and they're like, this is violent. This is there's no way people are going to want to watch this. And the guy, the owner's son, Carl Amell's son was like, come on, dad, please, please, please. And he, he convinced his dad. And so he got Bella Lugosi to do it. And they got Todd Browning to direct it. I think that might've been one of the last films, if not the last Um, apologies, if any horror historian is just shaking their head at me, but I think that was one of the last films that Todd Browning did with universal. But, um, then that set everything off, like you said, and that's a very, 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 very important film for sure in history. Yeah, and and you know the story of Dracula, it, you know it, it 
it's about sex in a Puritan, like Puritan society mm-hmm. because a man goes into a woman's room in the middle of the night and he penetrates her mm-hmm. in the neck, which mm-hmm. is, I think, uh, one of Rachel Geller's uh, erogenous zones from the show Friends. I think, isn't it supposed <laughs> to be just an erogenous zone period? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I don't actually know that that was a I'm real like, thing. No, I'm 99% sure that that's an actual erogenous zone. Like if oh. you touch, there's a lot of nerve endings there. So like even if you just like lightly touch your neck, it kind of feels different versus if you just like touched your arm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, Dracula just, really. And again, under the guise of art, right? It wasn't explicitly telling you that this story is a challenge to, you know, the the fear of sex, mm-hmm. the fear of intimacy, but... How many people fantasized about Bella Lugosi? You know what I'm saying? Here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even a 1936 New York Times article called Dracula the real triumph of spe- uh, spectacle thrillers. I mean, this was the beginning. Um, however, around the 50s, there was a little bit of a lull. You know, horror movies weren't really being made until... Alfred Hitchcock in the 60s. That brilliant motherfucker. Well, also, I'd argue, though, in the 50s, they had those B-sci-fi movies yeah. that were kind of, like, rooted in were afraid of nuclear war. So you have, like, the big the blobs and the big weird creatures and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many were being made and how many were actually any good, but... I mean, I'm, I'm sure a fair amount were being made, but in terms of... Those all... That, like, I the... When I think of those movies, I think of, like, Greece, like that's a movie that's playing in Greece or whatever. Mm. They're like it's they're all going to see I mean, they're going to see the Blob at the drive-in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for the time it was revolutionary, but, but in the annals of history, not so much. I, I think I think it it's people overshadowed. St- people still talk about Hitchcock. Fair. Yeah, because oh, the I mean, contributions are much greater. Yeah, I mean, just think of Alfred Hitchcock. He comes on the scene, and everyone's like, "Blob, what? Blob who? Blob who? <laughs> I don't. I never heard of her." <laughs> because like Psycho really elevated the serial killer genre and set the tone for films to come. And a little uh, trivia tidbit. Did you know that Psycho is the first film ever to have a flushing toilet? Are you serious? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I, I do know that that's a big deal in film, showing mm-hmm. that. I did not know that. It, that I think it's, an, it's a nod to Alfred Hitchcock. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also in the 60s, um, Robert Weiss's The Haunting came out. Uh, Rosemary's Baby by mm-hmm. Roman Polanski. Well, I don't like to say his name. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I take it back. <laughs> the thing is, okay, we're separating the the artist from the art, right? Yeah. Rosemary's Baby was a serious game changer, and I think it really does hold its own in terms of modern horror. Mm-hmm. Um, George A. Romero, Rom- Romero's Night of the Living Dead, which to me, actually, was got me interested in special effects makeup. Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's I cool, because that movie's awesome. Dude, it's so good. Uh, and the remake later on is, I think, I've never seen very the remake. Good. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll table that. Okay. <laughs> then in the 1970s, things got a little weird. Mm-hmm. So the early 1970s, there were a bunch of remakes, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Dracula. They decided to remake Nosferatu. But then in the late to mid-19th centuries, what did I just Try say? Try again? Yeah. <laughs> Mid to late 1970s, we came out with arguably three of the best horror films of all time, Alien, Jaws, and Halloween. 
I'm going to agree with you. I was like, if she doesn't say Halloween, I'm going to reach over there and I'm going <laughs> to beat the shit out of her. <laughs> I mean, like, talk about reimagining slasher films. Like, mm-hmm. Psycho started it. Halloween did something that none of us were ready for. Mm-mm. I would actually say that the most impactful out of all of those is Jaws. I mean, because how many people are afraid? Because before people were probably afraid, but not that afraid. Now, how many people are afraid to go? I know so many people that will not go in the ocean and their rationale is a shark is going to bite me. Wasn't that the first movie to coin the term blockbuster? Or no? I think so. I I think so. I think it it might be close to right. It's either it's either that or um, Star Wars. I can't remember. Um, But it's like, but yeah, it was like as far as like film, I think Jaws for me of those three. Alien. I love Alien. Yeah. I'm a, I'm the antithesis of um, Sapita here. I love slow builds so much. Yeah. I can I can I'm patient if it's a good ending. I mean, the thing about Alien is that they have one of the best heroines, I think, of all time. Like, talk about Final Girl. And when they were writing Ripley's character, they didn't have it gendered. So that they, they you know, a bunch of people mm-hmm. played uh, read for the part, and like Sigourney Weaver just, just kind killed of it. Dude. And then follow up movie gets like a, a bit of a, a treatment or a different treatment, but just as much praise. Mm-hmm. Now here's it's a little off topic. Which one do you like more? Um. So I like Alien personally because i think it just starts it the but, first one i mean the second one is yeah i like the first one more the second the second one's close the second one's different but it's yeah it's it's still really good something i forgot to mention for the 1970s the exorcist mm-hmm. came out in mm-hmm. 1973 the reason i didn't include that in the three best films of all time is cuz the exorcist is different i think i i put it in its own category because that was a shock and horror film that left a lot of people just puking in the aisles and like mm-hmm. just running away from the movie theater. Mm-hmm. That was probably one of the most prolific shock horrors. I my At mom the time. my mom has I remember her talking about that movie. Yeah, my mom snuck out and saw it with her friend and she regretted it big time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, even my parents who grew up in Iran, they they saw it mm-hmm. and they were like that's a nope film. <laughs> that's a that's a hard. I mean, but as someone who grew up watching horror films mm-hmm. in the nineties, when I finally watched it, I think I was ten or eleven. Not a big deal. To not you. a big deal to See, me. See, I counter that because I grew up watching horror films too, and I did, had not watched it. And I was in college. I think I was a junior in college, and I was in a film class, and we had to watch The Exorcist. And I was like, man. Well, it, pro- it can't be that bad. This film is from <laughs> 1970s. It's There's no way it's that bad. And I remember watching it and being like, hmm. Nah, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great film. The story mm-hmm. is great. And, and and the ending, even though it's a little dark, um, you know, there is a triumph of, of good and over evil if those kinds of things matter to you. But visually, it's very striking. Some of the dialogue is very uh, jarring. It's a good film, but like that one is, even though it's a bajillion years old and the effects are a little silly, I think the story is still pretty frightening. I 
I agree, and and here's why I agree, even though I didn't think it was that scary when I was 10 or 11. I think that you have to be, you have to look at it from a little bit more of a mature lens Mm. to actually understand the true horror of the film, whereas, you know, 10 or 11 year old was just like, oh, it's green. Jump scares, yeah, like she's puking pea soup. Yeah, you're you're not paying Mm -hmm. attention to the fine details of horror. Mm -hmm. You're waiting for those jump scares. Exactly. Um, Skipping to the 1980s, this is when the slasher films like, started their heyday. I mean, I'm talking Friday the 13th, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, the um, the big three slashers, so that's Jason, um, Mike Myers, and Freddy Krueger, who's one of my favorite villains. Freddy Krueger? Well, Freddy Krueger. Like He's not Freddy my favorite. better than, uh, than Michael Myers? I do. Oh, boo. His. Dude, Michael Myers walks at a snail's pace. The only reason he's able to catch up with these people is because they keep tripping over I, I don't even know what. Awesome. <laughs> You're both going to be disappointed in me. Oh, okay. I haven't seen any of those. Wait, what? I This whole genre, I mean, huh? you know my mom. Somebody take this guy's mic away. Wait, you wait. Hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm having a hard time. We, we just like didn't watch it when we were films. kids. A lot. So a lot of horror stuff, I <clears throat> had to watch like older. Like, I didn't watch it when I was younger. So it's kind of a recent... You've never seen a Friday the 13th film. You've never seen... I know you haven't seen Halloween, but... There's, like, ten each. And yeah. that's the thing is, like, okay... I mean, ha- the Halloween films keep going. And yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> no Part of it's, like, okay, well, now it's, like, where do I start? But, obviously, the beginning, but... I mean, honestly, you really... Jamie Lee Curtis, if you're listening to this, I'm really sorry. You only need to listen to one. I mean, watch one. I disagree. But, well. but I'm like, so we'll talk about it later. But okay. um, the I, I think I will. But um, like the Saw movies, like we really, you only really need to see the first one. Some could argue the second one, but man, those those ones after that, they're just dumb fun. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like the other ones are fan service. Exactly. If you yeah. really want to understand True. the film, at least watch the first one. Yeah. And and as we get closer, you'll see that like well, I love Nightmare on Elm Street. There's another one that's more on my favorite list. Mm-hmm. Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So also in the 1980s, that's when the supernatural horrors came out, and one of the biggest like helps to that was Stephen Fucking King. Mm-hmm. The Shining that and Carrie. <laughs> Shining was my first horror movie. Was it? Really? When I was like 10 years old. Mistake. <laughs> the week after was well, nightmare ridden. Here's the thing. Like the Shining scares me to this day. Exactly. It does. Because does it's it? like, the, yeah. it's the kind of horror you can't explain. Yeah. Like how can you explain the dread of seeing him write Jack? You're like, I can't remember the phrase. but no play makes like, Jack a dull boy. Like, yeah. Or hearing a kid just like mutter red rum and then it's like red rum. Dude, it's those hallways for me. It's that like the never ending feeling. Ending I had that experience recently. I went to a hotel and there was a hallway that I remember looking at the door and walking down it and the door wasn't changing size. I was like, what the fuck? What's happening? I don't like this. It, yeah. it took like half the hallway for it to actually feel like I was moving. Yeah. Um, so yeah, also, that's real. Yeah. Yeah, so, so other than Stephen King uh, adaptations, The Poltergeist came out in the mm-hmm. 1980s, which not only is the film terrifying, but the story behind the crew and what happened mm-hmm. to the little girl. That's a cursed film. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a cursed film. Um, the 90s and the sequels. So Friday the 13th, Halloween, as it's still going, Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, these sequels kept coming, and 
I think that's why I have a hard time thinking of Nightmare on Elm Street as an 80s film because mm. for some reason I think of it as a 90s film. Is it because you discovered it in the 90s and there were still new ones coming out at that time? Possibly, yeah. yeah. It, just, it felt fresh to me still. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, after the Cold War, the U.S. didn't really have any serious enemy at the time. So really, these films kind of concentrated more on the government, large business, organized religion, upper class, you know, the satanic panic of the mm -hmm. 90s, 80s and 90s. Um, but then we get into my first horror film. Ooh. In 1996, Wes Craven came out with Scream. Scream was your first horror film? It was my first Aww. horror film. I watched it in 1996. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, like... Hold it, on, it's wait. Weird. So you were like six? Yeah. Holy sh... <laughs> I thought I was cool. What no way. Like, I'm I sure think I, I saw Halloween things. when I was like nine or ten. No, no. I saw Scream when I was six. And Damn. I fucking fell in love. Like, <laughs> like first that off, there might have been like a weird, so like, much. sexual awakening with Billy. Oh. And I was like, am I attracted to this? No. Am I? Six year old Sapita was attracted Six to Billy Loomis covered in corn syrup. Yeah. Future serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, th like, the shit kept going. So I think House on Haunted Kill. House on Haunted Hill came out in 1999. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Watch that shit. That Fucking love it. <laughs> um, and then there were these cultural phenomena films. The Japanese version of The Ring came out in the 90s. Mm -hmm. The Sixth Sense and The Blair Witch. I mean, like, the yeah, last two. Say, the last one for me, I, I will say, I haven't even seen that movie. Blair You've Witch? never seen The Blair Witch? I Man, I feel like I've seen enough, like, like clips of it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Seriously, do it. But I, what's sad about that one is I feel like I know enough of that story that it's not going to hit the same. It, I, I don't know. It will. That would be one of the movies that if I could go back in time and erase all my, like, memories of it, I would love to hear the hype of it again and actually see it. Because that's is, what I feel like we can't capture anymore, and all that it'll relate to something I'll probably talk about later on another piece of media. But so there's so much hype from it being yeah. like a self-made movie, essentially. For for those of you who don't know that when the Blair Witch came out in the '90s, it was marketed as lost footage, and I don't mean like a lost footage film, like you know Paranormal Activity and Re uh, Record and Rec and some of the other ones. This one, like. Well, it kind of started that genre. It was the first one. It started one. that genre. But the thing is, people didn't know that was a genre. They thought that there was actually they this thought it was found real. footage. Yeah. yeah. So it when people watched it. Really good. It, I mean, it was unwell. <laughs> Would be the only word to describe it. And like watching it a little bit afterwards, because I was still too young to go to the movie theater to watch it. Um, watching it afterwards... Even though I knew, hey, this is not real, Matt, I'm telling you, it still hits. Like, it's got that slow burn, like, that you like, but it's got that, like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It makes you feel uneasy. I want to watch it. Put it on the list. Now, Dan, have you seen The Sixth Sense? No. Shut Come the fuck on, up. Come on, dude. But same thing. It's like, man, there's so many cultural phenomena movies that I haven't seen, but I know. And it's like... Okay, if those of you who are like Dan and, and are, you know, I have not seen The Sixth Sense, don't read anything about it. Just go find the film, rent it, do whatever you need to do, watch it, like with a clean slate. It's starring Bruce Willis and 
Haley Joel Osment, I think. Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, as a kid. So highly, highly recommend. So we're going into the 2000s now. And I know that you mentioned this earlier before we got on air. Final Destination came out in the early <laughs> 2000s. And that did weird things. That's a like warm, fuzzy horror movie for me. Is it really? I mean, it's just like, I, for me, those are like the, I can't take those as seriously. So it's just kind of dumb fun for me, at least. That would be my like, if I had to pick a dumb fun horror movie. So to me, Final Destination started the torture porn genre mm. a little bit, right? The, yeah, the Weird ways porn. to die. Yeah, gore mm-hmm. porn or torture porn. I think so, yeah. That and Saw for sure. Yeah, so the the early 2000s saw Saw, Wolf Creek, Hostel, um, and it really reflected on a post-9-11 attitude of pessimism mm-hmm. where there's no redemption, no hope, no expectations that everything's going to be okay. And a lot of like, why is this happening? Because I can. Yeah. Yeah, there's no like, I'm possessed or like this weird force is like, and it's like, I'm just a bad dude. It's just true evil. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. just want to do some bad shit to you. And, and like, unlike horror films of the past, they're really, you, you didn't know if the, the heroine or the heroines or, you know, whoever, you didn't know if the good guys were going to win. The, the bad guys could win. Mm-hmm. And, and anyone was on the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, the, the early 2000s also had a ton of remakes. Um, Dawn of the Dead mm-hmm. being one. Um, they redid The Exorcist, which I don't know if I saw the... The new version. I didn't. I honestly didn't know they remade The Exorcist. They specifically. did. Yeah, no. I don't think it did too well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they redid Friday the Thirteenth. Then there was Freddy versus mm-hmm. Jason, which I fucking love. That, that movie's film. awesome. It's so <laughs> it's good. The best one out of both series. Yeah, yeah. They, um, there was. <laughs> a, it honestly is. <laughs> I feel like there was a lot of adaptations of um, Japanese horror movies, or at yep, least there the was ring, um, the Ring the grudge, was the one I remember. Um, then there's Alien versus Predator, which also an awesome movie. Yeah. Um, and the the Brits, they uh, they stepped up a little bit in terms of, the, I mean, they've been doing things for year, like decades, mm-hmm. but like The Descent. That's another movie. That's another movie I need to see. I have not seen that, but it's been on a list. Do you know what happens? I, I have an idea, or I know what the idea of is, but <laughs> it's that's one that I don't feel like it's going to get ruined. No, it won't because yeah. it's a, you're claustrophobic and fucked up. Yeah, and I time. Nutty Putty Cave is literally my biggest fear. Yeah. That place um, is scary. Yeah, yeah, fuck that place. Yeah. For those of you who don't it's know, sealed the descent up. Fuck is about that place. cave diving and um, how it goes, hor- how it could go horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also Twenty Eight Days Later. Yes. Very, very good. Killian Murphy mm-hmm. and Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Talk about <clears throat> comedy greats. Yeah. Oh. So now we're in modern times, right? The 2010s to the present day. Um, Bloom House came out with Paranormal Activity, which basically had as much fanfare as the Blair Witch did in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, then they were like, you know what? Supernatural horror is going to be in. Let's do it right this time. And there was like between this period and the period before, all the supernatural horror films were like very gimmicky. And, and like it, it, just, it just wasn't hitting. And then The Conjuring and Insidious came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, you guys did this right. Well, I feel like Paranormal Activity brought up a real um, resurgence of cheap horror movies for the fact that how much did they spend on that movie and how much did it make? Mm-hmm. 
in that Blumhouse kind of specializes in that, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They well, make, I, yeah. Like low cost, but <clears throat> decent horror movies yeah. with high returns. Um, we also had The Purge, which, I mean, I don't, I don't know how First I feel about The First one was good, Purge. but they should have stopped there. Yeah. That's it. Fight uh, me if you don't agree. It's saying it's like, a, it's a cool idea for a movie, but it should be a movie and not movies. Yeah. 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 And then there was The Witch, which I know you've seen. I tried to watch it. It was too slow for me. <laughs> it's oh, it's painfully slow. Yeah, it's, The story is cool, but like you took a two-hour movie. We could have done this bitch in 35 minutes, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. But I mean, that Midsummer Hereditary all fall under the same kind the, of... Yeah, the modern kind of... I don't even pushing. know how to describe it. it. There's, it's just Mind modern horror. horror. Yeah. yeah, honestly, because... After Slow Midsummer burn. and Hereditary, I literally sat there in the dark. Honestly, I didn't know what to do. I these are the movies that I've been watching more of recently. That I feel bitch like hasn't seen Halloween, but like, but he's seen these like <laughs> niche art house movies that are about like who, well, I don't want to well, say I don't know, Piano Wire. Hmm. Hereditary. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, piano wire could be ghost ship too, couldn't it? Or is that not a piano wire? No, it's that's just cable. That, that's a cable. A cable? Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah. Then there's the remake of it, which very, very good, very, very good, very well done. Fun time. And I cannot end this decade without mentioning Jordan Peele. Hell yes. Get out. Us, nope. Ugh. This man knows how to write horror. And you haven't even seen Nope either. I haven't. No, I haven't seen Nope either. But I, I know that it's damn good. And each, like every one of his films, that you know, social justice. And they're rewatchable too. Yeah, they are. They are. And that's horror history in a nutshell. Yeah, in a in a very very quick nutshell very, that doesn't yeah. even go into like. How, horror history of movies. Yeah, horror history of movies. there's definitely different media that well, we could talk about. No, but the thing is that, like, once you dive into it and it, watch, read the book, watch the YouTube uh, shows that better describe it, they go mm-hmm. into, like, different laws that were made during mm-hmm. that time, um, you know, what was happening in society when certain films were made, why certain films did well, why certain films did not. Um, and we could take up, like, five episodes on just that. So. True. What we really want to get into right now, though, is did you did you have something before we got into the genres? Um, just why people like horror movies. Oh, it's like history, but why do you think people like it? I think it's I, the thrill, right? It's the but why though, but specifically why? Adrenaline rush. Does it help them specifically why? move out of like it's it's like the ultimate escape? Yeah, it's so so. There's it's, been studies that have that have been conducted on it, and. There's several different reasons, but one of the most prominent is you get to vicariously experience these scary situations, but you know that you're safe. And when the, especially like the final girl or some, especially if it's somebody that you resonate with. So if it's a, uh, let's say somebody that represents something that you're about or that's important to you, or maybe they look like you, or maybe they're the same gender as you or whatever, um, that, and they have a victory, then you feel on a very, and I'm not saying in your head that you're like, I did this, but down like on the more animal part of yourself, you're like feeling, you feel the accomplished feeling. It's like one of us. No, it's more, it's more like you feel like it's like when your team, your sports team wins, you get that feeling of, of I'm winning. I'm accomplished. Mm -hmm. So I see this person survive this horrible thing. I'm winning. I accomplished. I didn't die. That's why people like 
uh, mazes and haunted houses. You go in hmm. and you experience these like simulated things. You get that adrenaline, you get all that stuff. But at the end, you come out and you survived. You feel on a very like simple base level, you feel accomplished and that like, you survived. And people have always been fan, uh, been fans of or been curious about the macabre. I mean, like ancient Egyptians, ancient cultures, everybody's always been f- interested in death and about the odd, you know, mm-hmm. the other the mysterious, the unexplained, paranormal, supernatural. People have always been fascinated by that by that because we're always trying to understand and explain things that we don't know. And we get to explore things like monsters and legends and nightmares and all these things in a safe and confined setting. And they say that the people who tend to like scary movies are people that uh, tend to seek out sensations. So if you're a I don't want to call you a lush, but if you're somebody who very much likes to live in the senses, right? If you are a, you enjoy foods. And when I say enjoy foods, you don't just eat them. You enjoy them. You like how things taste and smell and you love to see things, nature. Or if you're very affected by your senses, you're, you're probably a person who likes horror. And believe it or not, uh, people, and this maybe <laughs> uh, is men tend to, so women like serial killer documentaries, but men as a whole tend to prefer horror films. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. So women like to educate them. I know we talked about this. Yeah, Educate yeah. themselves on the real shit, but at least in one study that was conducted, men tend to prefer, especially if it's violent. Hmm. You know what? I was gonna, I was gonna challenge you on that. But then you said violent. And I, I think of like Saw. I think of Hostel. I think of, uh, you know, those films. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really resonate with those. But I was going to say like just anecdotally with the people I know, it t- tends to be more female driven. Oh, I agree with horror. you there. But I guess so. I don't know but what maybe, films they showed these people. Yeah. But they said that the females discuss triggers happened faster than it did for men. So like huh. at what point was too much for them? Women tended to say no faster than than men. So I, they must have shown them something a little bit more violent or gory or whatever. Possibly. Um, and people with lower empathy levels tend to prefer horror. <laughs> Retro. <laughs> and of course, there's a million other reasons, you know, therapy, catharsis, all these things. You're seeing someone else that has a similar pathology to you survive something or whatever, a trauma. If you have trauma, a lot of times if that's not already more traumatizing. It can actually be cathartic. So huh. there's a million reasons why people like horror, but that's just like a brief overview. Huh? So there's legit reasons. It's not just because, I mean, maybe because blood, because <laughs> why not? But well, I was going to say adrenaline for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone, everyone tries to find that adrenaline rush and some people yeah. will do crazy things to do. It, and this is mm-hmm. definitely one that's effective and safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so... As I briefly mentioned before, I forgot that we were going to be doing the why. Um, there are many different types of genres for horror. Mm-hmm. And while we were setting up for this show, we were like, okay, well, we have to discuss our favorite horror films. But really picking one, well, I guess what we realized was picking one was easy. Picking one in every genre was hard because there's so many that are so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really want to do it justice, but, you know, there's... Dan's not seen any films, so 
We're just going to do the best we can. We're just going to do the best we can. We're going to pick a film that we really like from every genre. Exactly. Work with what we have. Exactly. Um, So the first genre that I want to talk about is body horror. So this could showcase grotesque or psychologically disturbing violations of the human body. It can be mutations, mutilations, zombifications, and diseases. Um, And that is a genre of horror film. Um, my favorite film that I've seen, I, I should specify that I've seen, um, that falls into this genre is The Thing in 1982. So it's oh, the remake. Yeah. That's honestly, that'd probably be my favorite too. But if I had to choose like a, like if I had to choose one that came to mind would be Saw, the original. That mm-hmm. one was definitely defining. Right. So, oh no. No, 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 no. I, <laughs> I struggled. Um, I'm glad you said The Thing. Um, but what I'm going to say instead is American Werewolf in London. Ooh, good one. Mm -hmm. Good one. And I just, I like the storyline of that one. I like that it's, there's these moments of horror and grotesqueness, but it's balanced with like light moments. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the, there, there's like also emotional moments, um, because, uh, David is being haunted by Jack's ghost and, um, it, I, I think there's just a lot to that movie and I feel like that one doesn't get mentioned often enough in, in like the lists of things. So I want to give it some love. So that's one I would pick. Ooh, love that. Love that. Okay. Uh, let's do the opposite now. Uh, comedy horror. Lindsay, why don't you go first this time? <laughs> Um, again, I really struggled with this. I think we all really struggled because um, all of us were yelling at the same time. <laughs> I, I don't know. I love this genre because I feel like when you say horror, I think at least to my mom, when I say, mom, I like horror movies, like her reaction is, you know, every horrible thing that you could think <laughs> of. But I feel like there's this beautiful subgenre, comedy horror. Yeah. This is black comedy where like you can take these awful things and I don't know, you're appealing to a lot of really Mm -hmm. subliminal things in people. And I love that. And I, I'm going to pick Tucker and Dale versus evil only because when I first saw it, I had zero idea of what to expect. And I fully thought that this was going to be like kind of a scarier movie. And then when I got into it, I was like cackling. I was laughing so much. And that's one that I can watch like probably every year around spooky mm-hmm. season. I don't do that with a lot of horror films because mm-hmm. there's just so many out there, but this one I could definitely rotate in. Nice. Yeah. Dan? Um, I had a hard time thinking just because like, when I think of horror movies, it doesn't like, immediately come up with funny ones. I think the one that comes to mind first, I wouldn't even call it like super funny, but it, it definitely it pokes fun at the genre of horror um, is Cabin in the Woods, the 2007 genre okay. bender, I guess. I've actually never seen that one. It's really Whoa, good. Whoa, I'm actually surprised. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. We nice. should watch that. Add it to your list. So I had initially written down Shaun of the Dead because I adore Shaun of the Dead. And actually the story and how I watched that is pretty funny. I was, uh, it was recently after it came out, but it was stre- streaming on DirecTV. And I was just flipping through the channels and... I come across the scene in Shaun of the Dead where they're throwing records at the zombies. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, oh, it's a scary movie. And then I was like, <laughs> like it is, is not. <laughs> this is strange. Love that movie. But then as I, you know, as we're making this list, I was like, God damn it, young Frankenstein. Classic. So I I have to keep both. I know that we're not supposed to do that, but you can break the rules for young Frankenstein. I'm, it's allowed. I'm breaking the rules it's for one of the for funniest. My How about the other one's runner up? Which one's runner well, up? Well, one of them's runner up. 
You mentioned both. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Folk horror. So that genre is typically elements within a rural setting and has themes of isolation, religion, the power of nature, and the potential darkness of rural landscapes. And I hate the fact that it has rural in there twice and I just said it a third time. <laughs> um, so the best example that I could think of because I really had a hard time coming up with a film that fell into this genre because I feel like it's not one that I particularly like. Again, like Same. the film The Witch would fall under that, but it was just yeah. so slow for me. Um, the Village could also fall within that realm, but again, I, I mean, and that Shyamalan didn't do his best work, I think, in that <laughs> film. Um, but there was a film that really grossed me out. Um, and that's called The Ruins. It's a film about a bunch of kids going to uh, Mexico and th there's a sacred spot and everyone's like, don't go there. And they go there and fuckery ensues. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I picked uh, Krampus. And hear, hear me <laughs> out, okay? I know, you were going to argue this You case. said, so it's not rule, but... Uh, they are isolated because there's a huge snowstorm. All the power is out. There's no neighbors. It's just this one family. They like go up and down blocks of street and they don't run into another fucking person. So isolated. Boom. Done. I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> Themes of religion. Krampus isn't necessarily religious, but there is this, if you're, you know, bad or if you're not behaving, this like godlike creature gonna come down and he's gonna ice you he's gonna get you so to me it's kind of i don't know it's arguable all right, all right and so i love krampus i think he does good work and uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his big, work. big fan yeah. big fan and i think that he's been keeping shit children in line for years <laughs> yeah and interesting enough so has jason so has Jason, right? And La Llorona, they're all really just, yeah. they're working hard. <laughs> and I think that everybody should have listened to the old little German grandma in the movie and they wouldn't have had so many damn problems. So Krampus gets my vote. There you go. Daniel. Um, you mentioned some of his other film, or I guess really only one, but I guess the, the one that came to mind and the one that comes to mind a lot would be Midsummer. Or however it. you say Absolutely it. Absolutely Of course it. you hated it. Never thought. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Um, I think that's what's... It's fun because you can really pick it apart. Like, there's so many small details about even just the set pieces and just... It's a full... Like, they went to a real place and it's... It was very well done. Yeah. The story was very, very well written. It's, but it's, it fucked my brain. It fucks with you a lot. And, and I, it's, I it's can't a very, handle it. It's just... It's just... It's a lot. But yeah. I guess... That's what's so intriguing about it. I mean, it takes a lot for me to be like, nope, mm -hmm. for a film. But Speaking he, of which. yeah. But no, he, his films really just hit my nope button. Yeah. And so while, while they're well done, the story is great, it hit, it targets an area of fear within my body that I don't want to go to. I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's like tickling a new kind of. It's a nerve. A yeah. new, it's like a new tree of horror that we haven't. It's a new branch of horror we haven't yeah. explored yet. Yeah. But I like it. It's different. Yeah. Um, found footage horror. Uh, Dan, go first. 
Oh man. Um, Do you have anything for this genre? The yeah. only the only movie that I can say, and I don't even know if it really counts as sinister. No. Because no, it that's has, an fo- it's it film. fall, it's like revolves around found footage, but but yeah, no, that yeah. that's that's kind of separate. Yeah, that's, I can't really think of anything. I yeah. I've seen some of the um, VHS shorts, but mm-hmm. not okay. the whole thing. Lindsay, Hell House LLC. I've never seen that. The shit is good, and I actually think I'm gonna double confirm here on Rotten Tomatoes, but um, it's. So we all know, or maybe we don't all know, but you're about to all know, horror movies don't do that well on Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb. As a whole, they just tend to not score very high. Hell House, you can watch it uh, streaming on, uh, I think it's Shudder, but maybe other platforms have it too. But Hell House uh, got a 75% on the tomato meter. Oh, shit. And a 71% audience score. That's really good. That's good for a horror movie. And there's three of them, and they're actually not all... The first one's the best one out of them, but... The second and third aren't terrible. And basically what it's about, it's about a group of friends that they run a business and their business is a haunt and they go, they purchase this, I think it's in New Jersey or New York or somewhere and uh, it's this old old hotel and they're working on turning it into a haunted attraction and it was supposed to have been haunted and as you can imagine, to quote you earlier, fuckery ensues and it, it doesn't go well. And I mean... Found footage in general, I think it's super hit or super miss. Mm-hmm. This is super hit because I found myself kind of like tense waiting for something to happen because mm-hmm. the way they film it, it does feel like you're watching someone's camera, like just their camcorder or something. And so you just really don't know what's going to happen. And they do so much with so little. Mm-hmm. And they rely on you kind of like building the anticipation in your head and they do a really great job. Nice. My, my answer is very basic and we already discussed this film, The Blair Witch. Well, I'm, I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to top yeah. the the king, the goat. Yeah, the, yeah, the goat. Um, we're going to move forward to gothic horror. And the term gothic is frequently used to describe a stylized approach to showcasing location, desire, and action in film. So it doesn't necessarily have to occur in a manner. And, you know, when, when you think of gothic horror, it's not necessarily Dracula. It doesn't have to be. It could be anything, really. Um, my choice is the others. Ooh, I think okay. that the the slow burn it it's it's very stylized and I think that the location is a character in and of itself for this film. I think that it was again one of those groundbreaking films of the time. Um, I'd bottle it up with like the Sixth Sense in terms of the uh, twist at the end, and I think it just. It's one of those films that's just, it's too good. Like, it's its so well done. It stars Nicole Kidman. If you haven't seen it, highly, highly recommend. Uh, you want me to go? Yeah, I'm going to go. go. Yeah, so I, I actually had a really hard time with this one because at yeah. first I was like, shit, I don't know, gothic. But then, like, when we talked about it being a stylized film, then I was like, oh, shit, this one and this one. So I'm probably going to break a rule here. Oh, no. <laughs> Are you going to start listing a bunch? No, 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 no. But I'm the, so my most, like my first pick that I'm just going to mostly stick with is the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. So this is an old movie. It's a silent film. Um, and it, the whole film is, is filmed in the German expressionism style. So 
you're not familiar with that, everything is very like sharp and, and jagged and there's a lot of weird angles mm -hmm. and a lot of the like uh, anxiety and the fear that gets induced from watching it is just from the weird angles, like mm -hmm. the hallways and the walkway. It almost looks like scary Dr. Seuss, the way every, the hallways and, mm. and all of the dimensions for things. It's very odd and it follows kind of a deranged hypnotist and, and the guy that he has, um, in his hypnotist show and it's i i forget when it came out it's old ass movie though the germans i think yeah the, the germans were like the pinnacle of horror mm -hmm. right before universal kind of started mm -hmm. with their stuff. yeah they kind of captured uh that market for sure mm -hmm. and so if you've never seen it i'm pretty sure it's like free on like prime or something everybody should watch it just to see what i'm talking about because the the visuals in general are very, very striking. I think what we'll do is we'll take some of the, our, our more obscure choices and maybe put them in the show notes for mm -hmm. people to. Because that was out. the thing is like I have not obscure ones in here. Like I had The Shining and I had American Psycho, mm -hmm. but I feel like people have heard of those and they could probably yeah. guess why I would pick those. But like maybe not everybody's heard of The Cabinet of Doctor yeah. Caligari. You know? Yeah. Well, The Shining would be the only one that I can. If that counts, it does count. It's very stylish. So. It does, yeah. Because yeah. I'm looking, I'm I'm looking at lists and like uh, I I can't okay. think of any Stanley Kubrick's movie. The, the the only like thing that I can think of that I feel like actually genuinely matches it. It's not a movie. It'd be a series, which would be The Haunting of Hill House. Mm. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, but that that's still fair. Yeah. When I thought of gothic horror, the only film that popped into mind immediately was Crimson Peak. Right. Like, that's Guillermo del Toro. I mean, you can I mean, even like, say that like all uh, of his Pan's films. Labyrinth. Oh, Pan's yeah. Labyrinth. I love You know that what? Movie. I'm going to change my answer. Okay. Well, no, because the others are so good. <laughs> we literally are, or talked Damn. about this earlier. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Because that's a stylized film and you that's a bomb ass I'm yeah. making a note right now. We're putting Pan's Labyrinth in our show notes though because if you haven't seen it, yeah, just you the Guillermo del Toro's um, imagery mm -hmm. alone. And I can talk about that if we talk about alternative um, media, too, because he was going to be involved with something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how, are, we, are we good on time? Yeah, we're chilling. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, natural horror. So these are... Um, animals or different things that occur in nature plants i guess the ruins could also be counted in natural horror but you know what is like when you think of that what the happening what's that oh god the, the really really bad uh, mark Wahlberg movie is that, is that where your final it's because choice? of the plants is it your final no your final because choice? it's so bad <laughs> no um man what would be a natural horror movie what's yours so I initially had Jaws, but I think I want to, because everyone knows Jaws. I, I is, mean, I, is that a? It's a, natural horror. It's, it's a I, shark. Is that not a monster movie though? No, I mean uh, technically, I you could argue for yeah. it being a monster. Movie, could you could you argue like it, it's a bad example because I don't think it would be a good favorite, but or like movie like Twister. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, environmental disaster environmental movies. Environmental disaster films. Yeah, Sharknado. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you really want to get into that. That movie is good. Yeah. Ooh, so, that, adjust, that opened a can of worms. Yeah. So, okay, I love Jaws. And and I, I think that anyone who hasn't seen Jaws yet should really go out and watch it. However, I'm going to say, because I love this movie as a kid and I watched it all the time, 
Anaconda. <laughs> oh dang! Okay, I I respect that choice. All right, all right. It's not a good movie. No, but I it's respect definitely that not a good movie. It's about a giant snake, <laughs> and these people are going into the the rainforest. It's got Jennifer Lopez. It's got Angelina Jolie's dad. Forgot his name. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a choice, and it's it's my choice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lindsay. Okay, so I was trying really hard to find a way to work this in, but it's not. So I know Armageddon is not a horror movie, but no, I was it's not. <laughs> no, Lindsay, fuck off. No, you can't. Okay, I, all right, fine. So what I did pick, so you didn't pick Jaws, but I did pick a shark movie. Okay. And so I would not classify this as like my favorite natural horror film or disaster. Yeah. The reason I pick it is because it's, genuinely pretty fucking scary and the film itself is pretty anxiety inducing for how little that they do um it it relies pretty much on the actors and they the actors themselves went through a lot during filming Mm -hmm. and that's open water i remember Mm -hmm. that film oh my god if you're not familiar with open water it's about two divers who come up from their dive they're on a vacation they come up and they see that the boat left and they're just stuck there and they're trying to survive and so they're in the water for a while, and when you're just bobbing there, you know they start to get bumps from sharks, and and I don't want to say any more than that in the film. I'll just leave it there. But it's based on real people. Um, is it the USS Indianapolis? N- no, there. I'm oh. sure there's probably a movie. So this is about uh, Tom and Eileen Lonegran, oh. and they went to I think it was the Great Barrier Reef, and when they came up, the dive master on the boat didn't do an accurate head count, and they left. And so Tom and Eileen actually did die. Um, I don't know if all of them was found or parts or, or what, I don't even know if they were able to determine if it was sun exposure, drowning shark attack. Um, and actually the person who did not count properly was charged with man involuntary manslaughter Yeah, and he did not get convicted by a jury, but the company did plead guilty to negligence and they went out of business. But during filming the two actors, um, they were getting, they were spent so much time filming in the water they got a shitload of jellyfish stings, sunburns, and they were hanging in the water so long, some sharks did actually start getting interested in them and were like bumping into them and stuff. Nope. So just because of the amount of, the the sadness of the actual story and the senselessness of the true story and then what the the actors went through and just the entire movie relies on those two and their performance and they do a good job, so that's why I pick it. All right. All right, looking lists. You I had two seconds, Dan. I, what is it? Instant winner is Annihilation. I love With you. Natalie you Quinn. and me Quinn. just do not like movies. <laughs> that, no. <laughs> what? So why do you not like Annihilation? It was so fucking weird, and it went right over my head, and I just could not. <laughs> I I could not keep pace with it. Like, it, I, and here's the thing: Annihilation is not a slow burn. It's. I mean, like, okay. Here, it's kind here's of. The I mean, here's just, the thing. Here's the thing. The action is not slow. The information is slow. And I think I got so frustrated with the lack of information that by the time the information started trickling in, I had zero brain power left. (laughs) And so they're trying to explain something. And I'm like, how do you expect a human being to understand what you're going here? Like, this is like some existentialist philosophical bullshit. Like, I could not do I could not do I could not do it. I loved it. I mean, for me, why did you like it? I mean, for me, like it, it's stunning visually. I think I think the world that they create is like believable enough to feel real, 
but it's it's like for me it's like cool it's like the science fiction i enjoy i guess because it makes you think it's like it it like brings the, the the idea that we're not alone um and it's just it just it it makes you think or like question things that it, and it like things that aren't even going to happen like when are we ever going to have a meteor that changes the genetic DNA or genetic makeup of things that are around us? Spoiler alert! What? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of spoilery. Oh, well, I mean, like, are we? Oh crap! I didn't know we were not spoiling movies. We're Sorry. not, but you know that's fine, Dan. You could just. Whatever. We, we let him on mic once, and this no, is know, what happens. This is what happens. All right. Slasher films. Scream 3 for me. Ooh, why 3? Because 1 and 2 are good. Do you like 3 yeah. better? No. You just you just pick 3. Yeah, I just pick oh, Well, okay, okay. I like 3 more than I like 2, and 1 is in later on in the list. <laughs> so oh, I didn't want to use it twice. So I, I really like okay. the, the Scream franchise. I All really right. think that 3 was campy as hell. But I thought it was really well done, and I, I, I really liked it. Okay. So we've mentioned this one before, but I don't care because it is reign supreme, and I don't care if you disagree. It's Halloween. Number one. No, I, I don't. One, the first Halloween. I, it's not that I don't disagree with that. You just said that, like, everybody trips and falls, and Michael Myers. Oh, is, yeah. Well, no, it's Michael Myers along. is not the best villain. Mm. Fun but. fact about Halloween. So the doctor in Halloween is named after the love interest in Psycho. Ooh, like Sam that. Sam Loomis, yep. little fun huh. piece of horror history for you there. There you go, yeah. yeah. I no. don't know, it's just a good movie. And the soundtrack, Halloween. the... the <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't do it right. No. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. I thought you meant like the sound when he's like... I want to hear her everyone. rendition of this. <laughs> it's the beatboxing Michael Myers. <laughs> Daniel. This is the genre that I literally have not. I can't think of <laughs> okay. any movie that I've seen. I'm looking at a list and it's like, it's like the most okay. famous easy genre too, which is funny. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I'm I'm learning something about you, Dan. I think that you really like like highbrow horror films. Like things that really make you think and like really yeah. challenge so. the way that Yeah. I, I like see someone get stabbed. Yeah, I like trash. <laughs> I like if it's trash, trash it's good. <laughs> Speaking like, of trash, oh, what were you gonna say? I think I was just gonna say I th- I, you're right. I think I like movies that make like dread more than anything. I yeah. don't know what it is, but those movies, mm. I'm, those are enjoyable for me now. So speaking of uh, trash, uh, supernatural horror, I will fight anyone on this. I don't even give a shit. Um, House on Haunted Hill, the remake. It's my favorite oh, supernatural dude. horror. I film. mean it. The original Vincent Price one is pretty. Good. The, yeah, the original is good. But Jeffrey Rush. I just love Jeffrey Rush, and I, I love um, Evelyn. The, Evelyn, yeah. <laughs> the movie is it's just it's campy, it's terrifying, yeah. it's and it has it's Chris creepy. Kattan in it. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> Who's Chris Kattan? He's the groundskeeper, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. He plays uh, Corky Romano. Don't ask me why. That's the parallel I draw. But cast. Let's see. Well, it's I'm also cast. got what's his face from Rent, right? Um, Tay Diggs? Tay Diggs. Sexy motherfucker. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. in it too. Tay Diggs <laughs> is in it too. Yep. I actually love his character in that film. Mm-hmm. Very, very good film. It's it's about um, a an eccentric millionaire who's throwing a birthday party for the wife that he hates. And he, you know, there's a supernatural thing that's, that changes the guest list. And the guests have to survive the night. And if they do, they each get a million dollars. But this place is like, 
it's an insane asylum and the uh, ghostly inhabitants are looking for revenge. Would you attempt to stay? Now, knowing, hold on. Whoa. Okay, okay, okay. You've okay. seen the movie. Yeah. You know for sure What's that shit's happen? going down. No, I wouldn't stay there right. for a million dollars. All right, because we just I keep trying to get you to say no <laughs> to things when money is involved, and it's been really hard to get you to say no <laughs> so far. Yeah, but the thing is, I know, I know the house is actively trying to kill you. Yeah. And, like, spoiler alert, most people die. Like, mm-hmm. so... What? You could say all people die. Okay. But like <laughs> in the ninety minutes. Yeah. Most. Uh, all right. Who wants to go next? With the uh, supernatural. Um I I'll pick one. This one's kinda hard. I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite, but it's one that popped out because I remember showing it to you guys um uh when I first or close to when I first met you it was the Baba Duke. Mm-hmm. That one was unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. Mental illness, right? Yeah, yeah right. it's very representative right? of uh, yeah. mess, dealing with it. Yeah. yeah. A lot of, you know, I think another big thing for me is visuals. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of very striking visuals yeah. in that movie. So is House on Haunted Hill. A lot of, a lot of movies. <laughs> the CGI is oh, like, striking. Uh, striking would be the word. <laughs> it really pops off of that screen. Oh, it <laughs> looks like it's. Not there. <laughs> Lindsay? Okay, so this is another one where I was like, ah, ah, ah. So I'll tell you the one I almost picked, and I'm not going to elaborate on it. Okay. Insidious. Oh, that's surprising for me, because you hate... No, like, but I like that movie. It's yeah, a good it's because it's Daddy good, Wilson. Yeah, but it's this a good one, movie, good story, scary villain. It's a good one. It. You got to see that one. That one's one. real good. I'll watch it with you. I don't know if she will. If I say it's good, if no, I'll watch it again. Okay. I like yeah. it all. If okay. Mikey says it's good, it's good. All right. Uh, but the one I actually am picking, and it's it. And I say supernatural the new because one? yes, okay. So both are good, but the reason it is an important movie is because what generates the fear is different. So you're not mm-hmm. scared because something's going to jump out at you. You're not scared because the house is haunted. You're not scared because you're waiting for someone to get stabbed or whatever. You're scared because you actually care about the kids in the losers club. Yeah. Most of the kids, you could probably find one that you relate to or, or maybe all of them to some degree. Everybody's probably been left out of something or outcasted from something or had to face some kind of metaphorical villain. And you end up loving the kids. It's so well casted. And so the way well. that this remake is done, it focuses on the kids and their relationships and their personalities. And I think that just that heavy focus, you just care about them so much that you just, you're afraid they're going to die. It's very rare in a horror film to care whether or not characters die realistically because mm-hmm. I don't usually find myself. Remember, no, people that like horror empathize. have low yeah. empathy. But you but empathize. That movie gives you, makes you have empathy. <laughs> yeah. So are you saying, um, is it chapter one is your favorite? Or I guess both are your favorite. You need both. You, you need you both. Do. You do. I don't think there's one over the other. And jumping on the Dan bandwagon, I think visually it's so well done and mm-hmm. so striking. But I think also... What makes it stand out is, so we have a couple of friends who don't do horror films like we do. Like they don't like it. They don't see. They don't like the gore. They don't like the jump scares. There's something about it that's atmospheric to a point where it stands alone. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to describe, and it's not like it's a horror film. It's not like it's a thriller. It is the definition to me of spooky. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay, we're moving on to teen horror, and this is where scream number one comes in for me. Dude, I wrote the same thing. Did you really? I don't even have a backup because I was so sure yeah. that this was the right move. I mean, scream, Wes Craven's scream is, where do I begin? I mean, mm-hmm. like, from the casting, from the writing, from just the 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 meta-ness of it. That's I my mean, favorite part about those films. The fact that they're just meta. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's about a horror film. How, like, it's about horror movies. How crazy would you be to make a movie about horror movies? But it's so perfectly executed. Mm-hmm. And to me, it has one of my favorite final girls. I mean, like... Gotta give it to Neve, man. Yeah. She's pretty she's, ideal. She's, yeah. When, I mean, I know that Jamie Lee Curtis is the OG. Mm-hmm. But I think that for our generation, for the millennials... I think that Sydney is the ultimate is. final girl. Mm-hmm. And you can see within the the, the trilogy, and I, I've seen four, I have not seen five yet, but you can see her grow as well through mm-hmm. those films. And e- even within the film itself. Mm-hmm. Also Billy Loomis. <laughs> also Billy Loomis. <laughs> Do you have anything to add about Scream? Billy Loomis and Matthew Lillard and Jamie Kennedy? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Just close the door, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel? I feel like I'm going to get some eye rolls just because it. you said I have highbrow um, taste, but the movie that came to mind um, at first is It Follows. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Again, like, like Daniel is the pretentious, like... Yeah. The concept was cool. Yeah, he's sure. our film critic here. Like... I know it's not perfect. I mean, okay, the, the, so no, the concept was, of it follows. The concept is, is cool. Like, uh, for me, it's like diseases. I want to actually get sex. scared. And the scenes where she's just going about her life, and then all of a sudden, you notice something's just following her and walking towards her. Like that mm-hmm. shit's so much more interesting for me than some mm-hmm. of the like more traditional horror stuff. Mm. All right, right. Okay, psychological horror. Uh, Dan, oh. you go first. Since this is uh, like your bread and butter. I'll, I'll just go with the OG and the first one is The Shining. Okay. That, I why, mean, why would that be considered psychological horror for you? Well, that's a good in the crap. Now I have to explain it. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not like letting you off the hook, uh, man. He might have to come back to me and I might have a different answer. Who knows? Okay. Um, hold on. Okay. Lindsay. Okay. I had a hard time with this one too. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that you picked the other one that okay. I'm not going to say. Okay. So I'm not going to say what it is. Okay. I'm really hoping you picked it, okay. though. Like, I'm really hoping you picked it. I think I did. I think you did, too, but I'm <laughs> not going to say it. Psycho is what I picked. Okay. All right. I fucking love that movie. It is so good. It doesn't matter that it's however many years old, you know, 70, like 40, 50 years, 60, how. 60 from 1960 something plus 60 fucking years old. Damn, that hurts, doesn't yeah, it? I'm not it wow, does. that just time flies when you work every day. Mm-hmm. Um I love that movie because the I remember the first time I saw it, I thought I knew how it was going to go and I actually didn't. Yeah. And I, I mean, thought talk like about twist, right? Yeah, and I thought, "Dang, okay, Alfred, you got the jump on me. I mm-hmm. thought I was smarter than you cuz I've seen a bunch of movies and blah mm-hmm. blah." Mm-mm. He's mm-hmm. a brilliant storyteller, mm-hmm. and the visuals in that too are they're simple but well done. Mm-hmm. And the cast in that is excellent. Uh, Norman is it, Bates is phenomenal, dude, so good. And 
I even I remember seeing like, wow, Norman Bates is pretty cute. And so I think they did a good job picking somebody who has handsome characteristics, but is like awkward about them. Yeah, he's yeah. very Ted Bundy where he's like kind of awkward guy, but kind of handsome, but charismatic enough that people he could lure them in and, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. And it it's just such a good film. If you've never mm-hmm. seen it, you've got to see it. And of course, everybody knows the shower scene. Yeah. It's like the most. Did you, So I think the actress's name is Janice Lee. Is that it? I'm not going to pretend to know. No, I have no Lee? idea. She's Janet Jamie. Lee? Yeah, I think she's Jamie Lee. She's Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. No way. Yeah. Dude, two scream queens. I know. In the family. Janet Lee. You Janet are Lee. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a cute, she's a cute little button. So I think, okay, Dan. Okay. Well, the more to think about why I think I like The Shining a lot is it's the same thing. It's like the more you like read about like uh, when they're shooting it, they're intentionally using shots that physically don't make sense. So like there are rooms that they'll move to for the next shot. But if you like, they're they're playing tricks on you. Yeah, they're they're playing tricks on you. Literally, just how they're shooting the film. And I I'm all in. I feel like I'm in into more on like how they're shooting stuff and just like things that go into filming rather than maybe necessarily than like other things about it. So mm-hmm. there's so much to it things you can read into you can rewatch that thing so many times and find new things about it that still get you so all right Lindsay's staring at me to see if i pick the one that she was hoping i'd pick so i want to bring you into the mind of a maniac i think you did pick it thank god <laughs> he, is, he is my favorite <laughs> like when i tell you like my, my favorite movie villain like hannibal lecter is bar none Mm-hmm. Um, Silence of the Lambs is one of my favorite films of all time. I will watch it every year. And every year, I'm his voice, the hello, mm-hmm. Clarice. Um, it just... I don't even actually think he says hello, Clarice. I was about he to doesn't. say. He, he doesn't. doesn't. No. He does not. But the, just the way he says Clarice just puts like, into my bo- bones. And not only do I love Silence of the Lambs. So, okay, let me talk a little bit about Silence of the Lambs. So Silence of the Lambs, I mean, you have this female FBI agent who's in a male-dominated field who's trying to, you know, find out information on this serial killer while simultaneously being the only person that this psychotic, um, you know, former therapist, not not therapist, he was a uh, psychologist, sorry, will talk to. And so... Not only are you unraveling Hannibal Lecter's story, but you're also working to find out, you know, who Buffalo Bill is and how to get to this girl before he kills her and she befalls, becomes one of his next victims. It's a female empowerment, empowerment movie, but it's also just a really deep dive into, like, the human psyche. And I think that's what just makes it phenomenal. The other films, Hannibal is eh, not my favorite, but, you know... We'll take it. Red Dragon is so mm-hmm. damn awesome. good. And Red Dragon is basically the story of how Hannibal Lecter was caught. Um, there's also Hannibal Rising, which is Hannibal Lecter becoming who he ends up being. Again, phenomenal. At, at, the, at the very least, if you watch any three Hannibal Lecter films, Silence of the Lambs, you have to. Red Dragon and Hannibal Rising. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. 
<laughs> You're welcome. You did a much better job than I ever could have, so thank you. I just, I fucking, I fucking <laughs> love Anthony Hopkins, man. Sir Anthony Hopkins just... I had that first, I just recently watched that first season of Westworld and like the same vibes too. He gives off that same like. The creepy vibes, yeah. Yeah. The, so you've seen Silence of the Lambs, right? Oh yeah, I Good. love that movie. The Put the lotion in the screaming. basket. That's one of the best quotes I think in, like it's not the most famous I think, no, but, but it's it's definitely one where you're like, damn. Are the lambs still screaming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's creepy as hell and I love Dude. it. Dude, the his deliver. okay. All right, we can go on and on. Yeah. All right, monster films. I know you had a bunch, Lindsay. I did, and I had a hard time picking, so I'm yeah. going to pivot. You're going to pivot? Yeah, and I don't even know if this counts as a monster. Jesus Christ. Go. Little Shop of Horrors. Does that count? I mean, I guess. Are you yeah, talking about Audrey, too? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, He's it's a, a green mother from outer space. And he <laughs> eats people. Like, three or four people die in the movie. Why did you choose Little Shop of Horror? Because I think this one is first of all timeless so fun fact about little shop of horrors it was originally a roger corman movie in the 1950s or 60s it's not a musical and that shit was made in like three days jesus so roger corman uh he was super good at making films on a super low budget i mean he's famous for b movies that's like his thing and um he used, there was already a film being filmed. I don't know what set, I can't remember, um, and what studio, but he was like, can we use this in like the off hours? Can we use this at night? And they're like, yeah, just put it back the way, exactly the way it was before we start filming the next morning. So he got his cast and crew and did the whole thing. They moved the set, film, moved it back, and they did that over the course of like a handful of days. I think Jesus. it's like one of the fastest movies that's ever been filmed. <laughs> Um, so that I think alone is pretty freaking cool. Um, and then of course it got remade in the eighties or whatever, whatever with Ellen Green and Rick Moranis and Steve Martin who love him forever. Yeah. And right. it's just, it's campy and it's fun. And I think that little shop is kind of like the gateway horror films. Like if you are a horror fan mm. and you want to introduce your kid to something that's kind of scary, but maybe you want to see how they might they might react to it. So there's actual kind of like violence and gore happening, but it's not a lot of explicit blood. There's no spirits or, you know, like real scary stuff. It's just this like weird alien plant that's eating people. So they'll just be afraid of your house plants. Yeah. They, yeah, <laughs> but don't touch them. <laughs> and so I think, I don't know, I just think it's a cute movie. It's a fun movie. So that's why I picked it. Just right. to round it out, because we were going pretty heavy there for a minute. We were, we were. Daniel? Um, so I, I want to, did you already, um, bring up alien earlier? No. Then that's my choice. Did, yeah. was that going to be your choice? No. Okay, good. No. Cause yeah, aliens mine. That's a okay. uh, perfect buildup. We discussed it before. Yeah. yeah and if I'm, if I remember correctly, there's no music in that movie, which just adds to the I dread. I didn't realize that. Huh. There's a couple movies that benefit from no music. Mm-hmm. Or it like it's like atmospheric hmm. only. Um, so my kind of atmospheric film, uh, one of my favorite monsters of all time, Frankenstein, but Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Hell yeah. This film is uh, closer to the books. It includes uh, Frankenstein's monster, but also the bride of Frankenstein mm-hmm. as well. And it, it, I mean, it starts off like the books do. You know, you, you see, you know, you're in the middle of the Arctic or 
fucking snow at least and there's dogs barking and there's a monster or a figure in the distance um how do i describe how much i love this film um it it doesn't skimp on the the gruesome tragedy of life so frankenstein is a He's a surgeon. He wants to prolong life, but it tells you that, you know, his mom died in childbirth and they they don't hold punches when it comes to showcasing the brutality of medicine and the brutality of life. And I think it's it's uncomfortable because, you know, you're used to seeing young Frankenstein or maybe you're you're watching, you know, the Universal Monsters films for Frankenstein where he's green and he's got, you know, a big forehead. But the thing is like Creating a monster is a lot more complicated than that. And the monster at the, his very core is a man who wants to be accepted. He, he wants companionship. And again, as I specified before, the story of Frankenstein is really, it makes you think, you know, who really is the monster here? Mm-hmm. Highly recommend if you have not seen it already. Um, Robert De Niro's in it. Uh, Helena Boehm Carter. It's fantastic cast. Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Highly recommend. Um, I can go next for the foreign horror. I have two on my list. Um, One is Juan of the Dead. It's a. uh, (laughs) Oh my god! You did pick it. (laughs) I did pick it. So so okay. I had to pick Juan of the Dead because I have to talk about how amazing it is and how people don't know about it. But it, it's a spinoff, I guess, of Shaun of the Dead. Um, it's set in Cuba, uh, Cuba uh, and it's just so great. Like, I, I don't even know words. Just watch it. Um, one that I saw more recently that just it floored me. I cried. I mean, I, I've, I've not experienced this kind of level of emotion when it comes to a horror film. Maybe ever. Uh, Train to Bouchon. Ah. Screw you. <laughs> Can you know we what? count you know that what? for me? Yeah, yeah. Because you know I don't Dan, have any other Dan, one. <laughs> okay, okay. Talk about train. To, well, I made you okay. Watch I've it, only yeah, and I've only asleep. seen it once. I just remember it the same thing. It like took you by surprise. Yeah, yeah. It's just like you. You see, I mean, there was such a saturation of zombie movies for so long. So yeah. it's fresh take, man. So, and and the thing is, it talks about the humanity of it mm-hmm. all. Which is like I think really what makes a zombie movie a zombie movie because mm-hmm. you think about like first season of Walking Dead or Twenty Eight Days Later is like what what's really the 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 driving force of it is the fact that you have to deal with repairing humanity mm-hmm. as, as well as dealing with zombies. Train to Bouchon <laughs> might be my favorite zombie movie ever. Dang. Too. Yeah. Wow. Better than Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Like. I've never seen Train to Busan, so I'll have to... You have to watch it, yeah. yeah. Just get ready for a whirlwind of emotions, though, because mm. like, it's funny, it, it's terrifying, you're in a panic the entire time, and at the end, you're like, God damn it. Like, it's, yeah. So I want to tie this in. I just need to know, do you have any more genres? No, that's it. Perfect, because you just literally tied it into something. I want to add a kind of um, impromptu... I didn't get to go. Oh, I'm, get sorry, to go. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Thank you. This is what happens when you get yeah. my fucking mind. I'm too spicy. Um, so my horror film is Gone Jam Haunted Asylum. It's a Korean. Yeah, fuck that film. I've seen no. Dude, it's no. fucking scary, right? 
It's very no, scary. I, I, okay, so there aren't too many films that I haven't finished. You didn't finish it? No, I didn't finish it. Pussy. I know, I am. <laughs> they got a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was 74% so audience stressed score. out the entire time. That, the whole time you are tense watching that movie, it is very, very good. Korea, are you well? Because you put, <laughs> you put out some scary ass shit. Yeah. Like, full real. Well done. Because I, I think I about chewed through my fist. <laughs> yeah. It's, mm-hmm. you know what? I'll try it again. I'll, but uh, the lights will be on and people will I'll, be around. Yeah, I'll watch be with, it like we're Sunday watching it together. Like noon. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, sorry. I mean, Pan's Labyrinth as well. Have to have to say because I completely forgot about Pan's Labyrinth. I don't. For me, it's a drama. It's not a horror film. But I would agree with that. But yeah, Guillermo del Toro, keep doing great work. Yeah. Well, and to tie him in, and we were talking about the zombie, um, mm-hmm. the zombie genre. I was going to say, I I love a lot of these movies, but if I had to actually pick a zombie like apocalypse form of media, I would actually say the best thing I have seen is the video game, The Last of Us. Literally, the first 15 minutes is the most emotion I've ever felt in a zombie apocalypse piece of media ever. It's something Until you about... see the Pedro Pascal TV show. Um, well, maybe, but it's it's different when you have to interact. Like, when you have to make choices... Like imagine like playing The Walking Dead or watching The Walking Dead and all of a sudden you have to make a choice that impacts the story. Like there's another piece of like, like it just opens up horror in a different way. And a big example of that, and it's the scariest thing I've ever done or watched, is um, this game that came out in 2014 called P.T., which was actually was initials for yeah. playable teaser. It eventually came out that it was um, a teaser for the at that point sequel to the Silent Hills franchise or Silent Hill franchise, and Guillermo del Toro was attached to it as well as Norman Reedus, and it was um, being directed by Hideo Kojima, who is very well known for the Metal Gear series and. The bi- it was insane. He literally they they introduced the game without. Um, announcing that it was a playable teaser. It was just put on the PlayStation's and it network. Just traumatized everyone. And it was crazy. It it like encapsulate it, it feels like you're slowly descending into madness by literally you just the whole game takes place in one hallway and you continually walk down that hallway and you open it up a door and it takes you back. It's so unnerving. It's like even down there's um uh, they they're still finding out things about it. So unfortunately, that is now removed from the PlayStation um, Store. You can't download it anymore. Oh, okay. But well, if you had downloaded it when it was still available, it's still PS4s from that era probably sell for a crap ton. Oh dang. Um, but um, they're still finding out stuff about it. They had found out recently that there's a point in the game where you can get haunted by there's an entity called um Lisa in the game. Because you're finding out it's like you, there's a, a grisly murder that happens to this girl named Lisa in this house. And um, at some point, you can get kind of spooked by Lisa. She'll come and get you. But you respawn. They found out after you respawn, they coded it so Lisa follows you the whole time. Oh, wow. Don't Always like behind your camera. Don't care for that. You don't know that unless so, like someone broke the game so you could like no clip and watch. 
and they found out Lisa's constantly following you and they'll cast shadows if you have like light perfectly behind. Oh, it's the fucking scariest thing that I've ever. It, it's so good. All right. I love it. There you go. Um, we're going to go back to films really quickly because there are a couple that are terrible, but uh, very near and dear to our heart. So, do you want me to name one, then you to name one? I don't know if we have time to describe them, but we can just kind of name them. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to pick the one I think you have written down to Queen of the Damned. Fuck yeah. If not for the movie, then for the soundtrack. Oh, that soundtrack. You know what, Dan? You asked us what my favorite uh, horror film soundtrack is Queen of the Damned. Yeah, I actually would agree with that. Yeah. 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 Okay, your turn. Um, I'm going to say any, literally any of the Leprechaun films. I've never seen any they're of them. They're fucking crazy. Like they're, the <laughs> best one is Leprechaun in Space or whatever. I think it's number four or five. Okay. Yeah. All right. He tries to have sex with a space princess. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeepers Creepers 1 and 2. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. It's the best 80s shitty horror. Oh, did you have any, Dan? Um, the only one I think of, it's more of a psychological thriller, but um, we've talked about the actor and director. Um, it's Danny Boyle's Sunshine from 2007. Never seen it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I was going to say House of Wax. Dude, that movie's awesome. I, I saw something about that fruit. recently. Yeah. You just want to see some people die? Yeah. Put that shit on. Basically. Yeah? yeah. Spoilers. Halloween <laughs> 3, Season of the Witch. This mm-hmm. one is not related. The only way it's related to Michael Myers is that the movie Halloween is playing on the TV. It's completely unrelated to him, and it's batshit. It's awesome. I have Halloween uh, H2O. (laughs) (laughs) What is that, like number nine in the series or something like that? Josh Harnett's in it. That's the only reason I've seen it. (laughs) No, that's why. That's fair. I'm not going to judge you for that one. I actually like... I like and simultaneously dislike the Rob Zombie movies. Okay. They're they're gross. They're gross, but there's some cool scenes in them. Yeah. There's just some things that I would change. Hmm. Yeah. Um, On the same topic of Josh Harnett, the faculty. (laughs) Okay. Well, we know who. I guess he could be the unofficial Mighty Morphin Power Daddy today then. (laughs) Yeah. That's all day. We haven't had one in a while, so our spooky daddy can be Josh Harnett. Well, because he's also in Penny Dreadful, too. Hmm? I think he does Petty Dreadful as well. Oh, yeah. He's in the show. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That right. was a good one. Um, Resident Evil. Literally any Love of them. Love it. Love all of them, yeah. Uh, 13 Ghosts. Ah! Best opening sequence of a horror film, I think. Mm-hmm. I'd give it that. Mm-hmm. And I know I mentioned it earlier, but Ghost Ship. Oh, that was my next one. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, actually, you know what? I got them mixed up because I was looking at Ghost Ship as I said 13 Ghosts. Ghost oh. Ship has the best opening sequence. Of yeah. Oh, yeah. Any film. Yeah. Uh, Darkness Falls. Oh, that's that Tooth Fairy one, right? Yeah. I never saw it. Yeah, it. I know we talked about it. Yeah. But. It's pretty good. Okay. Um, I don't know if this counts because I think it's good, but I think some people would argue that it's not good. It's Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I like think her, her first feature film. I think people would argue it's not good. So I think. Well, I think that they're wrong. <laughs> so. <laughs> not saying that I'm one of them. Oh. <gasps> You don't think it's good? No, I said I'm not saying oh, that I'm all right, all No, right. Dan? Uh, yeah. Only just because um, we need to watch it together, and it's the most recent one I've seen is Nope. Mm. It's really good. But it, that's a movie. That's not a movie that's so bad it's good. Oh, we're talking about so bad it's good? Yeah. Crap. Um, so you just insulted Jordan Peele. Yeah. It's it's so good it's good. Okay. 
Cursed. <laughs> Ooh, I don't think I've seen Christina that. Christina Ritchie. It's about werewolves. Ooh. Okay. Very, very good. Okay. Llamageddon. This is a space llama that kills people. It's fucking... I cackled. It's so funny. <laughs> okay. And they know it's bad. And they use that to their advantage. Oh, I forgot. Santa Slay. Mm. That would be mine. Yeah. Um, Goldberg, the wrestler, mm-hmm. plays Santa. And he goes on a rampage in Horror classic wrestler. in general are usually a win for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta say. I don't have any more. I mean, I, I could go on and on, but I feel like... I've gone through my list. I'm, okay. I mean, obviously, yeah, we yeah. keep going. No, no, that was what I had. I do we should mention, probably not. Well, I, really quickly, I do want to mention TV shows, because especially with streaming services... I mean, okay, let's go to the OG. Twilight Zone, perfection, love it. And there's Twilight Zone mini golf in, um, in Vegas, Las Vegas. That's it's just rad. amazing. Yeah. Um, but TV shows ever since streaming, American Horror Story, Murder House, Coven, 1984, all mm-hmm. perfection. The Fear Street TV show on Netflix. If you haven't watched it already, check it out. Also, The Haunting on Hill House. I think there's Haunting on Hill House 2 as it's well. It's not called that. Oh, but it's, it's something called. It's like oh, a different. Haunting of Bly Manor yeah, is the second so. one. Mm-hmm. Then there's uh, Midnight Mass and the new show that just came out on Netflix, Midnight Club. Club. I'm halfway through it, and so far I've screamed several times. So it very, very good. Highly recommend. That's all I had. Did, Lindsay, did you have anything else? No. You know that I don't have time to watch nearly as much TV as you do. That's a little... <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little offended, actually, by that statement. So. I didn't mean it like that, and as it was coming out, I was like, this is gonna be bitchy. <laughs> Well, it was. <laughs> Do you have something less bitchy or more bitchy to say about Lindsay? <laughs> Please email us at twosaltybrods at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Two Salty Broads. I'm Sapita. And I'm Lindsay. Thanks for listening. And remember, stay, stay salty. salty.